0: You're listening to the Peacock and
1: Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show Friday edition, getting you ready for the week 14 schedule. Minus one game that is already in the books, and I think Matt's probably got some thoughts on Those Pittsburgh Steelers falling to the Minnesota Vikings on Thursday night. Football at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL on Twitter. Thanks for making us your first listen every single day here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Today's episode brought to you in part by On Location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL, is the only place to score a a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Visit OnLocationExp.com slash SB56 for more information or just search Super Bowl On location. Before we get to the late Sunday games. And the primetime games. Previews and picks for those. If you want the early games. Go back to Thursday's episode yesterday. And we will review. And go through all the takeaways. From Thursday Night Football Steelers Vikings. Really sad news came down. During the second half of that football game. Matt Demarius Thomas. I mean all pro wide receiver. Just shy of his 34th birthday. And he was found dead. In his home um just like one of the saddest most tragic things you can think of um and apparently from what we can gather so far there's not a ton of information on it but from numerous reports and family and friends i guess there was a, a seizure and that's something that might be stemming from a car accident he was in not recently but in the in the somewhat recent past and maybe he was having some complications from that car accident and a seizure and all of a sudden It's over for uh, a young man who was just an absurdly talented wide receiver in the NFL in a decade-long career. Uh, Your thoughts go out to the family for Demarius Thomas and obviously gone way too soon at the age of 33.
1: Terrible. I mean, it really is. I mean, anyone that age is way too soon. And unfortunately, it happens You know, across the country and the world all the time. And when it's a celebrity, it's a bigger deal when it hits home. But, I mean, it, it... it's interesting because, you know, I remember him coming out of school and you know, one of these Georgia Tech Calvin Johnson sort of clones, yeah. you know, and they never ran the ball. But boy, why didn't or they never threw the ball, but why didn't they when they had receivers <laughs> like this guy, it's you crazy. Know, that were just marvels and you know, developed pretty quickly in that system and was a pro bowler a couple times. I'm sure I don't have this, you know, that stuff in front of me, but was one of the better receivers in the league. And, you know, my Biggest memory of him specifically was Tebow in the playoffs against my Steelers yep. against man coverage. Boom, hits him on a slant, and that thing's over, and the Steelers go home.
0: Just daring Tebow to throw the ball. I yeah. saw that that replay came up a bunch on Twitter last night when this news broke, mm-hmm. and that's the most memorable memorable play of his NFL career to me as well. And it was funny watching Tebow throw because he like puts air. He was how did he get drafted in the first round? He he was it's such really a bad, bad yeah. thrower when you go back and look at it versus how an NFL quarterback normally looks and throws the ball, but he humps it up to get Don't that. He
1: started. He had eleven completions in that game.
0: Yeah, amazing. And the Steelers <laughs> were daring. I was like, go ahead. Oh, Tebow's going to beat us with his arm, sure. And boom, he yeah. does in overtime. Yeah, Uh, and just watching Demarius Thomas so big, 6'3", 230 and just running past guys. Nobody could catch him. It was crazy to watch that play and and that was what was special about his ability was how big and strong and fast he was and he was unguardable on those slants. Um, I've seen numerous uh, statistics about his career, and he had this crazy run from 2012 to 2016 with 90 catches and a thousand yards, and and one of only four receivers ever to have uh, a stretch like that. Uh, it's pretty amazing what he was able to do. And yeah, Georgia Tech, what are you doing? Throw the ball to Calvin Johnson and Demarius Thomas for God's sake! <laughs> right. It's crazy, uh, but he's such a phenomenal player. And uh, Tim Tebow, um, tons of his teammates. Emmanuel Sanders was excused from practice today. Um, and Peyton Manning talking about him as a teammate and everybody just like says he was all smiles. He always showed up to all the charity events for his teammates and was just one of the best dudes. And it just, you know, it just adds to how sad the situation is. And um, unfortunately, yeah, gone way too soon. Demarius Thomas was such a, just a freak of nature athlete. Amazing. Watching his prime, just seeing all these highlights. I love seeing it because I love getting reminded of, you know, it, it, it sucks when someone has to pass away for all of this love and adoration and to go back like we should always go back every offseason go back five years who retired five six years ago and go watch highlights because it's amazing to see how awesome these guys were in their prime and i forgot how amazing and how well he moved at his size what a special player
1: yeah powerful strider and size and go up and get it and after the catch and developed quickly despite not, you know, being sort of a a raw player coming out of school. So, yeah, that does suck real bad. Those
0: Steelers that Demaryius Thomas and the Broncos beat in overtime on that famous play now, they were almost in overtime on Thursday night football last night, Matt. Now the Steelers at 6-6-1. Six, six, the Vikings still have life. They had to win this one, and they did at 6-7 in that wildcard conversation in the NFC. 36-28 as the time expired. Ben Roethlisberger, a great throw on target, hits rookie tight end Pat Fryermuth, in the hands. Fryermouth could not hold on as three defenders uh, hit him right as the ball arrived, and it ended up being too little too late for the Steelers, who... Just got dominated at the beginning of this football game, and I, there's, I'm sure there's tons of takeaways here from you, Matt, on this game, but we have to get this out of the way first, and uh, at the very end of the game, Chase Claypool, he is getting crushed today. What is the fallout from around Pittsburgh and the Steelers with Chase Claypool doing his thing and and signaling first down and then the center tries to run over and get the ball from him, so they can snap the ball and you know maybe it and maybe it's the difference of one play and maybe it doesn't matter at all and there's a lot of different reasons you lose a game but right now it looks like chase claypool is becoming the scapegoat for the steelers in this one
1: probably too much to be honest with you but he's been in the doghouse for a while around here to chase's credit he's been playing through a toe injury and that needs to be thrown out there i don't want to ignore it but the immaturity on and off the field is wearing thin to say the least because, Oh, you just get blown out by the Bengals. Well, maybe we should play music at practice. Um, Nobody wants to hear that. You know, he also has, I think eight, I'm not sure what the number is, but he has more penalties than any wide receiver in the league. And he got a taunting call um, early in this game when things were going terrible for the team and, there's one play that people are killing him for that I'm not going to really, you know, hang him out to dry. But he stretches to try to get the first down on a second down play. The ball comes out. Fortunately for Pittsburgh, it was not rule a fumble. I thought it should have been. And, you know, just a lot of inconsistencies. And the fact is they just need him. You know, I mean, they need any boost they can get on offense, especially with Juju out. And he flashes and he teases you, but it's just not consistent. But he also sort of played great in this game, too. I mean, they threw the ball nine times. He caught eight of them and made some big plays and played like a big, powerful wide receiver, kind of like Damaris Thomas Moldick, who we were talking about before. Yeah, And, you know, it's one play at the end. You know, he has to do his celebration, but it probably cost the Steelers one more snap, and those kind of things can't happen.
0: It was really a bad look, too, because he was at the podium and asked about it, and he... And he put blame on the other players that were trying to get the ball back to the ref and he he acted like it wasn't a big deal. And that's, that's kind of a bad look. And, you know, maybe if he thought on it for a while and and slept on it, then you ask him those questions. Maybe you would have a different answer. And I'm sure Mike Tomlin would have a different answer for him. Um, but Mike Tomlin has to be not only that play, but just upset by the way the Steelers played. And, And really the thing that can't happen for the Steelers as the way they're currently built is just get dominated up front on both sides of the ball. And they did, especially in the first half.
1: It was remarkable. I mean, I honestly thought that was the worst half of Steelers football I've ever seen, and it's rare. I mean, all I do is watch NFL. I don't know anything else about the rest of the world. It's rare to see running lanes like that. I mean, it's rare when Alabama plays Alabama State to see running running lanes like that. I mean, some of the next-gen stats and things that were put out there about, you know, cook's average gain before contact i mean on first and 10 he's getting a first down before anybody touched him i mean just massive running lanes and you know in the nfl you'll see it here and there you know a linebacker fills the wrong gap somebody gets blown out whatever but you don't see it for a half (laughs) i mean just remarkable and you know adding to the problems justin jefferson's torching them and Fortunately for for Pittsburgh, you know, Kirk Cousins played a very bad game here or mm-hmm. this game's probably 50 to nothing at halftime or early in the game. Kirk Cousins you know. is bad in
0: big games in primetime. It's it's it, it really keeps is. happening. And I don't want to believe it because I don't think that's a thing,
1: but it is like there, there's nothing. You know, I do else close? do you explain it? Right. I mean, I, I can't believe I, I'm going to say this, but the Steelers quarterback was much better than their opponents in this game. I mean, little else was. But that's what the reason the, the game got kind of close. He threw two bad picks. Um, you know, the, the Vikings, like they did against the the Lions the week before, played some very soft prevent defenses late in the game. And, you know, the Steelers are running and throwing the ball well against those, you know, and um, but you're right. I mean, the, the biggest problems in Pittsburgh are the two lines of scrimmage. And T.J. Watt played a little and then he left again. Highsmith, the other outside linebacker, left this game you know, with injury. The front seven's all beat up, and it's not playing well at all. You knew the O-line was going to be a work in progress, and it wasn't as bad as the defense, though.
0: How did Akella Witherspoon not house that pick six that should have been a pick six that was not? He had a 20-yard head start. I've never seen a DB get caught from behind that quickly. He was just uh, – uh, they they said on the telecast that maybe he was gassed, and, and that's kind of what it looked like. But that was odd. He, like, didn't yeah. even try to outrun anybody. He's like, well, they're going to catch me, so I'm going to try to juke or something.
1: Uh, it was an unbelievably strange return. Like, you would think any NFL corner would house that, like you said. I Yeah. Mean, you could be a 4-7 guy and, and beat the angles on that. Yeah, thing.
0: you see defensive linemen house those right. when they catch right. those little screen passes or something and have that big of a head start. Uh, one thing before we move on from this game that we've got to say, and Matt, how wrong were we about Dalvin Cook and his injury and it hampering him and maybe you don't want to start him in your fantasy football leagues got numerous people on Twitter uh, talking to me about that and I think most of them said you know what it turned out he was going to play so Dalvin Cook's too good I put him in my lineup and thank God I didn't listen to you guys and yeah I'm surprised man then he ended up taking 27 carries for 205 yards and a couple touchdowns involved in the passing game as well it Was a really probably the best throw the the game from Kirk Cousins was to Dalvin Cook out of the backfield um, on a 17 yarder there there, But, man, Dalvin Cook, what a game for him. And um, they've got some good pharmaceuticals in the NFL. I will say that for the pain that I'm sure he was dealing with to get 27 carries in this one.
1: And his feet were just fine. Uh, right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, exactly. looked, he looked He looked. And his off. vision. Um, I will say, and I should have sent a tweet out, but uh, yesterday was kind of a crazy day doing Steeler pregame and stuff like that. But I own Cook in two dynasty leagues, and despite what I said on the podcast hours earlier, as soon as I saw that he had that exact same injury against the Saints in the playoffs two years ago and had like 30-some touches for mm-hmm. 130 yards, I'm like, oh, I'm putting him in my lineup. And I'm pretty happy I did. I mean,
0: he's at this point, he's going to have people dislocate his shoulder on purpose if he plays that well every time.
1: <laughs> Pop it back out. You're you right. Know, lethal uh, weapon.
0: All right, uh, interesting. So, big-time win for the Minnesota Vikings. They're back in it. And, look, as, as has gone all season long in the NFL, big win for the Steelers last week, terrible loss for the Vikings, and just they they both flipped the script this week. And I'm sure a short week played into this for the Steelers. Thursday sure. night football on the road, and it was very ugly early, and they kind of got their legs under them at the end of the game. But it was too little, too late, even with 21 fourth-quarter points. Steelers fall to the Vikings And we'll see if either one of those teams have enough in them to get to the playoffs. Uh, A lot of wins to come if that is going to happen for both the Steelers and Vikings. Let's get to the rest of the games, the late Sunday primetime and Monday night football games on the week 14 schedule next. Super Bowl 56 at SoFi is less than 100 days away and on location. The official hospitality partner of the NFL is the only place to score a once in a lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience Package. You've never been to a Super Bowl, it is an amazing experience, and you can get there in Los Angeles at SoFi Stadium. Select your exact seats and choose from elite experiences along the way featuring an exclusive pregame celebration with NFL legends, five-star Los Angeles hotels, and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. So visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56 for more information, or... Search Super Bowl on location. That's onlocationexp.com slash SB56 or search Super Bowl on location. Tons of new holiday flavors at Built.com like eggnog. Eggnog Built Bars? Yeah, eggnog Built Bars. Caramel macchiato, white chocolate cheesecake, uh, tons of other Flavors you can get a coconut lovers box. Uh, that is not the box I would personally order, but yeah, give me that eggnog. That sounds really interesting. Uh, caramel macchiato as well, covered in 100% delicious chocolate. Uh, if you don't want chocolate though, you go caramel almond delight. That one is not covered in chocolate, just like. Lemon cheesecake is not covered in chocolate. So there's some options out there if you are not a chocolate lover. But one thing all of those flavors have in common, they are delicious and healthy. The best of both worlds, high in protein but low in calories, low in sugar, low in net carbs, and low in fat. So go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That is promo code locked 15 For 15% off at Built.com. One of those teams, Matt, that the Minnesota Vikings will need to leapfrog is the team that beat them two weeks ago, the San Francisco 49ers, who at 6-6 are traveling to Cincinnati to face the Bengals. And there was some... News this week of Joe Mixon with an illness and Joe Burrow maybe with a with an injury and maybe an illness as well and uh, the line flipped from the Bengals at home favored by one to the 49ers on the road favored by one and a half seeing that that line flipped I think the home dog one and a half because I know Burrow's gonna play and yeah. um I bet Mixon plays too. They're just trying to keep him away from the team and not get other people sick. Is is the vibe I get there? And I bet he plays on Sunday. I just feel like if you're getting points for the home dog for the Bengals and who knows which team will show up for both the Niners and the Bengals, I feel like the, just taking the points is the smart play here. And uh, really, I have no idea what's going to happen on the field because this go this could go any number of ways. Which is why you know even if it's only one and a half points, I'll take those points.
1: Yeah, I looked at it the same way. Is home dog. <laughs> Maybe the better team on a neutral field, but close. I mean, certainly on the same tier, in my opinion. Um, The Bengals' injuries, illnesses don't really worry me. I agree with just the way you laid that out there. I give Cincinnati the edge at quarterback. Um, And and I was also curious, I mean, I assume we're not going to see Debo, um, they also have some running back situations, Mm -hmm. right? And some corner situations that worry me, correct?
0: Yeah, that's a big worry here. I think Nick Bosa can win as he has. Um, I saw a a statistic earlier this week that showed Nick Bosa being double teamed more than any player in the NFL, any edge player in the NFL, uh, even more than TJ Watt and Miles Garrett and some of those guys. Yet his win rate is just right behind those guys. And he's in the top 10 in in pass rush win rate, despite that. And he's not getting a lot of help, and that's why. So can he still get home? Can he get some help from somebody else along the the defensive line and pressure Joe Burrow? Because I do not like that matchup for a banged-up secondary. Their best corner, Emmanuel Mosley, is going to be out with a high ankle sprain. So you've either got a rookie or veteran, Dante Johnson, out there on one side. And um, you have Josh Norman on the other side, who is not fast anymore. And they've got a matchup against... Jamar Chase, and T. Higgins. And Joe Burrow's not afraid to throw it deep. So that no. does scare me if Nick Bosa and the 49ers defensive line can't get home. I think that'll be a huge part of this football game. And Joe Burrow will throw some picks, but he'll also chuck it deep and let his guys make plays. So um, we'll see. That 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 is one of the worries that the Bengals could put up some points very quickly. But the 49ers, actually, their secondary has held up despite the injuries and not been terrible this year despite what it might look like. On paper. So we'll see if they can continue that and keep that going. And Elijah Mitchell, uh, he has not practiced yet this week. Debo Samuel has not practiced yet this week. I think they'll probably uh, be out, but there is a possibility either one plays. So the starting running back might be Jeff Wilson, who is back and practicing in full this week. And then Jamichael Hasty being his backup if Elijah Mitchell is out. So it could be another heavy day for George Kittle for that 49ers mm. offense.
1: Yeah, I would think so, which is great. The more the kid, more Kittle, the better for yes. me. Uh, as you were saying, that a Bengals beat reporter just tweeted out that Mixon is playing. So, yeah, no shock go. there. But I'm assuming that I assumed that from the beginning.
0: There you go. So that was two free points on the line that you got earlier in the week because of that uh, that storyline. I think is is the only thing that would have pushed that, and must must have been a lot of money coming in on the 49ers with that initial line.
1: Last Niner question: Trey Lance will play any snaps or? <sighs> show up on the box score?
0: I just, I don't think so unless there's an yeah. injury. Yeah. At this point, Kyle Shanahan has all but closed the door. He said it it cramps his play calling style to, to switch quarterbacks in and out. So even that is is done. So it feels like Trey Lance isn't going to play unless Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt. Maybe uh, out of necessity or maybe out of desperation, they might have to try some things. Um, I think there's some situational add, like some huge situational advantages to putting him in, but it doesn't sound like Kyle Shanahan wants to do that right now. So, it looks like it, I, I guess. if I had to guess, I would say no, unless there's a Jimmy G injury.
1: Okay. Okay. Just wanted to clear that up.
0: You're going to go with the, uh, take the points on that I one. I got the well? Bengals. I yeah. got
1: the Bengals. I actually put my own hard-earned cash on it this morning when I saw they were getting points. I thought that was too good to pass up.
0: That yeah, may be line. If you want to bet on the Niners, you know, just give away those, those points. Yeah. The way I would that do sense that sense. because I, I I could absolutely see the Niners going and winning that football game, but there's you know there's a lot of questions there. We'll see and you know parity parity in the NFL this year. Two teams that are combined one game over five hundred, no, combined two games over five hundred with the Bengals there. So I have no idea what to expect. That's a kick your feet up and have fun watching that football game. Ohio State teammates, who wins that battle? I think that'll be if Bosa wins or if Burrow wins. Uh, I think we'll right. know something. Best, they, apparently, they've been playing video games against each other too. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. So there's some some extra trash talk there.
1: That's funny. How about it, the? Lo- yeah, it kind of goes back to the Mary Thomas thing. Like sometimes I forget these guys are kind of like kids. You know, we're gonna play video games oh, yeah. against each other. They're twenty four years old. They're in their twenties. I mean, I was a total goof when I was twenty four too. You know, like still young. Absolutely, yeah. And their
0: personalities off the field because you get locked into what this player looks like on the field, and you just forget about the rest of the the humanity that involves
1: these guys sometimes. I loved your Bosa stat, though. I mean. I think a lot of people are sleeping on Nick Bosa's greatness. Oh,
0: he's so good. And he's not all the way back. I think he can get even better coming off his ACL. And, yeah, not having uh, D Ford on the other side. And they picked up Samson Abukam in the offseason, which was just Mm -hmm. a terrible signing. I don't know what they thought they were doing there. And he has given them really nothing off the edge. I think he's got one sack or something on the air. He's made, like, one play that I can remember this season. So uh, that's turned out very bad for them.
1: Could be an offseason priority, huh? Yes,
0: absolutely. Uh, No first-round pick to go get that edge rusher, though. So it makes it a little bit more difficult. The Detroit Lions on a heater, one straight win for Dan Campbell and Jared Goff and those Detroit Lions, one ten and one. They're on the road at Mile High, at the Denver Broncos, who are six and six right now, and uh, it's a, another one of those winner go home teams, I think, for the Broncos in the AFC. Denver favored by 10 at home. Is that too many points? We know that the Lions are 8-4 and four against the spread. We made cash on those Lions last week by picking them and uh, not even picking an upset because you don't have to pick an upset when the line is this big.
1: Yeah, they're not one ten and one They're 1-2-1 one, with a minus 3 uh, point differential. There you I mean, go. That's the way I look at it. I mean, turn in the corner. I'll take these points all day long. I mean, I don't think they're going to win in mile high, but Goff is playing better. The offensive line is legit. Um, I don't think Swift will play, but, uh, you know, such is life. Denver's D is really good, and I expect just a low-scoring game and don't expect the, uh, the Denver coaching staff to be real risk-takers or anything, play it close to the vest. A lot of Gordon and especially Javante Williams, two conservative quarterbacks low over under, maybe we get weather, I don't know, Denver in December. I'll take points.
0: I think I've got to take points too here. And it's it's enough points to where the the Broncos can go out there and have a convincing win sure. at home. And I'm sure Vic Fangio has no problems with Teddy Two Gloves at, at quarterback, just running the ball and you know winning by six or something like that. So, yeah, I'll take those points with those Lions who've been covering all year long.
1: Yeah, maybe a backdoor cover. I mean, I, I I think this is a close game, and Denver might control it, but I don't think the scoreboard will reflect that.
0: Maybe a little confidence. Seeing Jared Goff jump up into Dan Campbell's arms, you know, like just something to, to, to get that team going, give them a morsel of like, yeah, that's why we've been playing so hard all season long despite all the losses. Look how good that win felt. Let's keep that going.
1: Yeah, right. I mean, at least there's some optimism. I mean, trust me, that year I was with the Browns, it gets pretty dismal around Thanksgiving walking around the halls of the place when you know you're all getting fired and there's no <laughs> wins. You know, like right. a little bright spot here and there goes a long way.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. But the way this season is gone, that means that the Lions are going to lose by 30 points.
1: <laughs> right. Because anytime- I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to pick dogs this week. I mean, right. I think, you know, scoring's down around the league, and some of these lines are a little heavy.
0: Yeah, these these winter time games the the total points are coming down and when you have a low over under like 42 points, you know, it makes it that much more difficult to win by 10, which is the exact line for the Chargers. Chargers are favored by 10 at home at 7 and 5 over. The New York Giants coming in at 4 and 8. And who is even playing quarterback this week for the New York Giants?
1: Well, I know it's not Daniel Jones. I mean, when you're When you're hoping and keeping your fingers crossed for Mike Glennon, that's pretty much all I need to know. And it might be from, if not, yuck. Um, What I'm a little more curious about is, is Keenan Allen going to be eligible to come off COVID? And is Mike Williams playing? Like, could we get one of those two receivers, zero, both of them? If it looks like both or even one is playing, I'm going to lay the 10. And I picked up the Chargers D in my uh, fantasy league to stream them. I think it's a great situation. Barkley's done very little. The Giants O line is bad. The other Bosa uh, should have a really nice day in this one. Derwin James has been a star. I've been taking dogs, but I'm gonna t- I'm gonna lay the points in this one.
0: Uh I I feel the exact same way. We're, we're we're we've been on it. I think I've only picked two games this week where uh I did not take the points and I think this is going to be one of them. And this uh this Giants team is not playing good ball and look, no. I don't even care if I don't do, I would I would probably rather if I was a Giants fan see from out there than Mike Glennon. I already know what Mike Glennon is In a banged up Mike Glennon at that um is it yeah? This that's the big question. Is it going to be Jalen Guyton the number one receiver for Justin Herbert here, or is Keenan Allen and Mike Williams going to be uh, off the COVID list here? And I don't see any information. I've been trying to find that information on exactly what I haven't seen any. Yeah,
1: Friday afternoon here,
0: they're just on the list, and that's it. Mm-hmm. That, that's the only reports that there are. So, um, and
1: that's what's goofy about the COVID stuff is, and it's not really the team not telling you; they just need. To get those two negative tests, right? You know, so when they get them, they'll tell us.
0: But they have time; they do have time to get those negative tests. They They just have to, and we—it might be just after we hit record, after we stop hitting record uh, here—that might be when that comes out, which tends to happen sometimes as we record here at uh, nine a.m. Pacific time. So no West Coast teams are practicing yet, so we don't have that type of information. All right. So next, so we're uh, given—we are taking the Chargers, giving up those ten points. Both of
1: us. I am on. That one.
0: All right, let's finish it up. We've got Bills Bucks. We've got Bears Packers in primetime Sunday night and Rams Cardinals Monday night football next. You want high-quality socks? You want unique aesthetics? Stance socks. Founded in 2009, Stance Apparel represents a radical reinvention of socks, underwear, and active apparel. With a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity, Stance brings an atypical aesthetic alongside some of pop culture's hottest collaborators for the ultimate in style and self-expression because everything you wear should be a direct extension of who you are and how you feel. I got Stance socks. Didn't know anything about them. Got them as a gift for Christmas a couple years ago. Fantastic. High-quality socks. My go-to ankle socks when I'm out trying to play hoops or go run or do anything athletic. Also got some... San Francisco Giants socks uh, that are really nice, love wearing those, and uh, tons of unique options. If you are a fan of Wu-Tang Clan, there's socks for it. Bob Marley, Major League Baseball, NBA, Star Wars, Marvel Universe, uh, you name it, tons of options of Stance socks, or just some great-looking, high-quality dress socks, even. Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in that those who feel good do good so go see for yourself register for an account at stance.com to get 15% off your first purchase and use promo code locked on at checkout enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with stance some good games to end this week here bills and buccaneers the the bills with their backs against the wall uh, after that loss to the patriots in primetime last week the buccaneers are rolling at 9 and 3 hosting those bills tampa bay at home favored by a field goal no three and a half points is what tampa's favored at they the the odds makers have this is the biggest over under i think 53 and a half points they think a lot of points are going to get scored in this game two teams that aren't afraid to chuck the ball around the yard a little bit matt
1: i feel good about tampa in this one i mean no Tre davis white i think that's a problem against this group of receivers mm-hmm. um I'm not sure if this will be an influence or not, but going to Florida this time of year and playing a physical team like Tampa it would probably be a little bit difficult on a Northern team. And just in terms of heat and being tired and wearing down, I just think the bucks are noticeably better than the bills. The bills running game is non-existent. I mean, it's all, Hey, Josh Allen, make a play, you know, and, and that's tough against a, a disciplined world champion. Well coached team like Tampa, Fournette's been awesome. Brady's been awesome. You know, I, I expect Vita Veda to control the middle of that, that defense. And David and uh, uh, what's-his-face, to run and hit and do their thing. Devin White. Um, I think Tampa's just noticeably better than Buffalo right now. And I'm not even equating what we saw in the wind last week. Like That doesn't change my opinion one bit.
0: And there might be some players coming back for the Bucs, too, which helps them for yeah. that playoff run, so getting healthier at the right time. But when you look at what the Patriots did to the Bills, and the Buccaneers are built in a way, because their offensive line is really good, so you're protecting Brady, but you can have you can run the ball a little bit, too, with Fernet as a battering ram. and So you can play that kind of ball if you want to against the Buffalo Bills, who look really successful. Uh, to that um, susceptible to that sort of a, a game plan so getting worried about the Buffalo Bills because they have been very inconsistent this year but man I expect some fireworks in this game with Josh Allen trying that Buccaneers secondary and if it's uh yeah I might go even though it's the uh, 53 and a half over under I might take the over on this one I don't know if they can make it high enough um, this one should be a lot of fun to watch on Sunday yeah. afternoon I didn't even pick did I pick I didn't oh
1: pick. no I think you did right
0: Oh, three and a half points. I got to go Bucks here. Yeah, I got to okay. go Bucks.
1: In their building. Yeah. yeah,
0: at home, in their building. More complete team. Bears-Packers. Justin Fields coming back in this one. Jair Alexander hitting the practice field for the Packers. Those are two huge developments for both of these teams in the NFC North. The Bears are obviously out of it. They're playing for next year. It's, you know, if... Uh, and basically they're cracked ribs for Justin Fields. So as long as he can handle the pain, which we've seen, uh, Dalvin Cook was like, if Dalvin Cook can go, yeah. I bet Justin Fields is going to go, and he's a gamer. I know that that he's going to want to go play. So he'll get that toward all in the butt, and he'll be ready to go play uh, against those Green Bay Packers. Can the rookie shifted away from the ownership of, Aaron Rodgers and those Packers. That's been the big talk this week because of Aaron Rodgers, the last time they played, saying that he owns the Chicago Bears. I don't know if it's going to be any different, and uh, the lines makers feel the same way. Twelve and a half points is the line here for those Packers at home against the Chicago
1: Bears. Too big a line. You know, if it's only a 43 over under, I don't know what the weather is, but it's Green Bay in December. It's not going to be the beach. I mean, it's not going to be a wonderful spot late in the day. Um, I think Field scores points and moves the football late in this thing and is highly, highly competitive and has a lot to prove. You're gonna give me 12 and a half in a rivalry game like that. I'll take it. I, I and I acknowledge I've sell, sold the Packers short all year long, and I just think that they handle their business and you know don't want win in glorious fashion 43 to nothing type games, but. I think they'll win this game, handle their business, but the Bears will come back and, you know, make this in within 12 and a half.
0: To put it in perspective, the last two games, so the game in Tampa, 79 degrees. And the game in Green Bay, Wisconsin, in the 30s, uh, it says feels like 23 for the low on Sunday for Green Bay, Wisconsin. So, um, yeah, it's going to be very cold. Um, Look, the Bears are having such a hard time scoring points. So that worries me that the Packers could cover that number. But, you know, and I, pff, 12 and a half, that's just, it, it's, that's a, it's a lot number. of points. Uh, you know what? Yeah, I'll take the points. I'll take the points okay. with the Chicago okay. Bears. I'm going to keep I'm going to keep it rolling. We've done well the last few weeks when we started uh, going more heavily towards the points. I just think points are going to be hard to come by. The Packers don't need to score that many to win this game. So, yeah, that's in, in 31 degrees or whatever it's going to be.
1: Just a programming note. I don't know when we'll have time to do it, but I think there's a really good conversation to be had about why the dogs have been better this year. And I think a lot of it just stems with scoring being down around the league so there's closer games played. And there's a lot of reasons for that that I want to talk about. Not today, but I'm just throwing it out.
0: There. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it really does feel, and look, parody reigns in the NFL. It has for a while. It's how yeah. the league wants it. I, it feels like more than ever this year and so uh, we should dive a little bit deeper into that that'd be a great episode let's finish up today's episode with Rams and Cardinals another division matchup Uh, this is one and two in the NFC West this is one and five in the NFC playoff picture seating right now if the Rams want to go try to take that uh, West title back from the Cardinals who are two games up on them they've got to win this one Cardinals favored by two and a half at home at 10 and two hosting the eight and four Rams. Who you got here, Matt?
1: I like the Cardinals and at home Monday night, big rivalry game, show the world that you're the best team in the league. You know, fan base might be a little more wound up. Um, I will give the Rams credit though. I mean, McVay doesn't do this, but he came out with a lot of snaps of six offensive linemen, you know, Henderson wasn't his back. It was Michelle, a more physical guy. And I've really questioned the physicality of this Rams offense up until that point. And they've asked too much of Stafford, who isn't 100%. So they kind of went, you know, Belichick-y in a little bit. And we're just going to be big and physical, and it worked last week. But that was against a terrible team. <laughs> you know, I mean, the, the Cardinals' past defense might be the best in the league. I think Kyler and Hopkins are back to being stars. And I just think they're the better team I, at home. I'm gonna I don't mind giving the points up here.
0: Are we for sure that Hopkins is coming back?
1: That one I'm not as sure about, but Kyler's himself.
0: Let me double check DeAndre Hopkins because I want to make sure. Um
1: Did he play I thought he played last week. Did I he mean, play last week? Lot. That I'm not certain about now. I think about uh, it. Oh, yes. I, I no. So. Yeah.
0: You're right. Both Murray and Hopkins came back last week, uh, but they mm-hmm. just didn't have to use them that much because uh, they, uh, Murray threw the ball like, what, 12 times or something last week. Right. Right.
1: Right.
0: Um, yeah. I mean, I like the Cardinals straight up. Um, I think the Rams are better than we've seen for that short stretch, so I think I want to continue to take the points as I have this week and go with the Rams. Uh, I like the identity they found last week, a sort of get-well game for them, a little bit more physical, and they got beat up physically on another primetime game against the 49ers that might have been a little bit of a wake-up call for Sean McVay and that football team. Um, They've been pretty stingy on the defensive side of the ball for the most part, so that's going to be a fun matchup to see all those weapons and Kyler Murray against the rams on monday night football um i think this is actually going to go a little lower scoring so i might go the under of that over under 51 and and think that that uh especially the rams will try to go a little bit more ball control and just keep it over the middle with cooper cup and then try to maybe fire a couple deep here and there uh, when they get that cardinals defense um, coming up against the run a little bit. So that's the way I expect this one to go on Monday Night Football in Arizona. We'll find out. But I think it's a pretty good line. But you know what? I'm going to take the Rams. I'm going to take the points here.
1: Okay. Okay. I'm excited, I'm excited about that one. That's a good Monday Just nighter. because,
0: like, you don't get to sit up at, at the one seed in the NFL in 2021 all by yourself, right? It's got <laughs> to be. Just relax. There, yeah, it's yeah. got to be. Uh, you know, you got to come down and lose a game or two there. So uh, it's going to be like Packers, Rams, and Cardinals all tied in week going into week 18. I just had that feeling.
1: You might be 100 percent right. I mean, that's what the league's been drifting towards, and the or, Bucks, you know, running towards,
0: and the Bucks and Cowboys too. Guys, can't forget them. Let's just, yeah, let's just yeah. all be tied and go into that last couple of weeks of the season. Like, I, I would not be shocked at all by that development. Okay, that is the Week 14 that's schedule. A, wrap, huh? a lot of good ones. Going to be a lot of fun, and some more winner go home games. We'll find out who's winning and who is going home and Matt and I will have it all covered for you on Monday's episode thanks for making us your first listen right here on Peacock and Williamson